squad, we got some things to go over here on the Union Soccer Podcast. Obviously, there was some news that broke this week on the Union Radio side of things that we're going to talk about. And it's match week, so we're going to go over all things Union. And I don't think we're going to be talking about lineup necessarily, but we can talk about the opponent the Union will be facing and just getting down our final thoughts before the season. The very, very long season is about to begin. Again, you're tuned in to the Union Soccer Podcast. My name is John Jansen. Only one half of this, but the other half is the better half. It is Joe Tanzi, and you can follow him at jtanzi90 in the Union Soccer Blog Substack. Joe, how are we doing? It's match week. Are, is is your body ready for this? Welcome to our season preview episode slash therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> slash, <laughs> we're going to realize how long this season's about to be. And <laughs> getting ourselves I, ready. Oh, mentally no, prepared. Mentally prepared. You, right, you, you have done this. I've only had to mentally prepare myself for like two years of this. And this is the third year. And this might be the, the bigger year for me. So, I can do this. This is this is I, I'm ready for the marathon that is MLS and the, <laughs> I know this the many... is and this is potentially right. I think that part of this preview, the season preview, is this is going to be the longest and most games the union may have in their entire existence. Oh, it will be. Yes. So yeah, it's look, we're gonna play to talk about. And, I mean this is where you're going to hear us talk about it. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get to that. So yeah, let's just get let's get that out of the way. Yeah, so we we, we talked about this. Time with a lot of this. Yeah, we talked about this on the daily ticket, and uh, obviously, I think we want to get Joe's thoughts as well, and just kind of air it all out here in one place. But the Philadelphia Union are no longer going to be on the Gambler. Uh, they signed a deal with 97.5 The Fanatics, so that is where you can hear the Union games. Obviously, that means we do not have the Union games, and so there is no pre- or post-game show. Obviously, we're still doing the Union Soccer Pod, and obviously there will be Union coverage on the Gambler because we've been doing that. And Joe, you and Sean have been doing that long before the Union even got on the Gambler. The part of the reason why they got on the Gambler is because Sean and you had such a good relationship with them and have been covering them for so long. But um, Joe, just your thoughts and obviously uh, anything you want to say on uh, not long, no longer doing the Union broadcast. Yeah, so I'll start uh, with the good news. You have the podcast with me and John once a week, you'll have a MLS betting podcast as a separate audio feed every week. And Fridays from five to 6 PM, you'll have myself and Sean brace. Uh, and I believe John is joining as well. Yes, I am. In our, I will be in our sock, in our soccer power hour. Uh, <laughs> that will be, that will be podcasted as well. We'll, we'll go live over the air on the gambler on the iHeartRadio app from five to six on Fridays. Uh, that's going to be a weekly feature. That's not just a, we're doing this for the season preview and that will be podcasted as well. So we will not be in your lives for pregame and postgame per se, but uh, we listen, look, you could at least listen to us on the way down to the stadium or before the match. We'll have plenty of audio content for you. Oh, plenty, plenty of, of match content week content. Substack. Right. Yeah, there will be plenty. Look, let's be honest. We're doing more than we did last year. <laughs> I was just about to say um, that. Go ahead. You're right. And that, yeah, that's a good thing. Look, when it comes to the radio deal, I mean, look, we had a we had a two year deal. This wasn't something that um, caught us off guard. We knew that um, it, and the contract they can do whatever the hell they want, and the fanatic gives them a name brand 
to work with in the city. Um, they've wanted a big name radio partner for a long time. Um, and they're capitalizing on their um, level of interest. I don't blame them. It's a business. Uh, Dave Leto is going to do a fantastic job. But the, That's the, the person crew, I'm happiest for yeah. most is Dave Yeah, Leto. look, the, the crew they've hired to do game stuff awesome. will, will be fantastic. And I have I wish them all the best. I'm not going to sit here and say just because they're on a different station, don't listen. No, that, that's like – that's what you want from the team. And, and the show they're putting on PHL 17 with Marissa and, and Seba and, and Shannon Williams. I'm, gl- I'm, uh, right. I'm glad they're still doing well. something on PHL 17. I'm also yeah. glad about that. So there's plenty but of union I, stuff yeah. that they're, they're doing internally. But what I will say is the, the stuff before and after games, that's where obviously we did all the stuff. Um, we didn't have to. We did that because we, we wanted to make sure that the coverage was, was done right. Um, and treated like any other professional sports team in the city. So yeah, look, that's that's probably going to change. Uh, I don't know the specifics of their plans, but I mean, let's be honest, we are the soccer guys, and they're not, and that's not a slight at them. It's kind of how they no, operate. No, you and so. Sean have been that way for years. <laughs> yeah, um, and also I found it pretty funny that like the same day they announced it, Gargano did like a tweet about four for four, which I was know. like chef ki- chef's kiss on the entire. <laughs> that that made me chuckle. I saw that this morning. Um, so yeah, look, support your your union radio broadcast team. They're great. Um, we can only control the controllables on our end. We're still going to put out a fantastic product for you guys. That doesn't change. Um, yeah, it's just a business decision. Um, but like John said, Sean and I have been doing this. I've been on the beat for 10 years now uh, in, in written audio, video, every type of form you can cover a professional sports team. And I've done it. Have you seen more uh, so, union games than anybody else? Who can, no, who I can claim I, that, that, uh, Matt Matt DeGeorge has been on the beat Oh, that's think, a good okay. Yeah. Matt DeGeorge, yeah, that's a good one. I th- and I think Tannenwald has it well, but I don't think he was at every game like especially the, uh, lately. The OGs have been. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know that because I've I've filled in for him. So, um, yeah, I know I'm up there because I think I probably have, <laughs> have lapped Kincaid and the George is a good one though. Too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of if you're an OG Union fan. Uh, there's a lot of references that we that we could make that would um, make you guys laugh and realize how far this team has come for sure. Yes. And those those will absolutely be sprinkled. But yeah, look, the writing is how I got into this. Um, I got you know really really lucky um, between local newspaper and Bleacher Report uh, back in the day doing MLS stuff when I was like 25 years old. I did I had, I stepped in the press box. The Andre Blake draft season, so it was rookie season. I had no, I had no business being in there. I had absolutely no business being in that press box. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing, and then look, here I am now. So, um, yeah, look, we've done video, we've done podcasts, we've done, I've done the writing. You're gonna get the video and and the audio, or sorry, the the writing and the audio, um, Depending on how our schedules go, maybe we do some post game Twitter spaces throughout the year. Oh yeah, we're gonna do all that. Oh, I am at least. Yeah, I'm ready so, for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're not we're not going anywhere. Um, I kind of said this to my wife last night. I'm like, I kind of felt like I went through my internet funeral, but I'm still alive because 
and look, I, I can't say enough how how gracious everyone has been and saying, you know, how much they appreciated our coverage. And um, but we're not going anywhere, guys. We're not. We didn't die. We didn't get voted <laughs> off the island. Like they didn't cancel us. Um, we're just still here. We're just in a different form, and, yeah, and- we'll, we'll 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 still be here. Uh, just not on your radios before and after each game. Yes, and I, I will get into to my piece later, but I think the first thing is we're probably going to do more. Like, truly, yes. I think I'm going to talk to talk about and do more union things than I ever had. And I was the pre- and post-game host of the, the Philadelphia Union broadcast for the last two years and exclusively really last year. I know Sean did a few games, but uh, I was well, doing we, a lot like, of it. it but we, honest, we have an mindset... opportunity now to do more and to go out more and to, you know, to, I, I think it's just the mindset of we really – I, again, I, I think the re- the response speaks for itself, and everybody that did tweet at me, um, I've had some family stuff going on, so I haven't been on Twitter really the last couple days. But man, every time I see a response like that, uh, it is it's it's. I've always said it's one of the best things I've ever done in my career. I really think my work uh, with the union and all of the union stuff is some of the best I've ever done, and the response hearing that is very very satisfying to me, and I appreciate every single one because I'm not the soccer guy like Joe. I'm not the soccer guy like. Sean I have kind of rode the coattails of you guys by the way but you just got thrust into this yeah I got thrust into this but (laughs) along the way have I mean Union are probably one of my favorite teams now to watch I love watching Union soccer I love the community around Union soccer Uh, this is one of the coolest communities and I think fan bases even just in this city and it's different obviously like there's the Eagles are bigger I know that and the Phillies have been around for a very long time and and the Flyers have their very hardcore fan base but there was something really special about the the union fan base and just everything that that went along with it everybody's really hungry for this team to get the the credit they deserve in terms of this is a organization that's getting bigger uh, and that is making a footprint on in this city and I think everybody wanted the appropriate coverage for it and that's where I get into how proud I am Joe of what we did because and look I did not like the comment and I'll just say that that the one thing I'm upset about I did not like in Jonathan Tannenwald's article that he said a low-powered signal radio station look I get it but also they didn't say the big signal radio station 97.5 the fanatic it felt like a little bit of a slight don't like that just want to put that out there right now however Uh, I think we made for a small station, for a very small collective group of people that are working on this radio station. This is not 30, 40 people. This is like three people, four people, hardcore working on this, and Kevin doing a lot to help us out. We made the union, I think, feel bigger. The union, all they did was put the feed on there. It was a TV feed that they gave us that we put on the air, and those were the rights we had to put on that broadcast. But the radio side was us, and I felt... And I hope this resonated with people, and I hope this is what people felt about what we did. I felt like we made that broadcast bigger than it ever should have been. We gave it the appropriate amount of time. We gave it the appropriate amount of expert opinion in you and Kevin and Sean on there. I felt like we made that as big as possible. The way that WIP makes Eagles feel big, the way the Fanatic makes you know Sixers and, and Flyers feel big, I felt like we did the best we could for Philadelphia Union Soccer and the Philadelphia Union Soccer fan base. And I think with all the responses I've heard, I think we accomplished that. And I cannot be more proud of what we did as a station here for the Union. And you know what? If it isn't for us, I don't know if 
if the radio broadcast thing, you know, what that turns out. You know, we we were the radio broadcast, essentially. We had some exclusive radio games, uh, but we also put those on, and we were the ones kind of behind all of that. But uh, still, I, I just, they gave us the TV feed, and that was the TV broadcast. We were the radio side for the union, and people listened to us, and I, I hope that we made that feel like it was the biggest thing and that we gave the union the appropriate amount of attention and the attention that fans deserve because fans really love this team and this team has has done an excellent job in building this fan base. And again, I just hope we did it right. And now we can become the foremost low-powered podcast uh, <laughs> that covers the Philadelphia Union, or we could, or we could just rebrand as the best soccer show ever, question mark. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, the low-powered, oh my God, that's what I want our tagline to be, the low-powered union podcast. Yeah! Well done, Joe. You're more petty than I am. I like this. <laughs> No, I just, I just, That's, I just, or you're just very, just, just, just saw just that probably, one. Just that low hanging fruit that you could swing. It was at. low hanging fruit. It was way too low hanging fruit. <laughs> we, we, we've joked about rebranding to the best soccer show ever question mark too. Um, <sighs> no, we can't do that. <laughs> That'd be such a terrible name. That, That'd be a downgrade no, we, name. we couldn't do that. No, no. And I, it's not the same thing. I like that show, but no, we can't do that. <laughs> Um, I will say, like, in terms of mindset. No, look, we should be like, look, we're we, still here, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> you guys still want to listen to us? Yeah. <laughs> like I said, this is very, this is turning into a very depressing therapy session right now. Um, but look, it, I'll, last thing I'll, I'll wrap up is this. I think that the mindset that I had, uh, especially last year, was to put everything and anything into those those pre and post game broadcasts. That's why, and look, this goes to show how much respect we have within the team. Like Jim Curtin does not have to do anything outside of his weekly press conference. No, he took his he time. He did not have to do every, that. And the every, fact that he gave yeah. you audio three four minutes just for the pregame show that's yeah. like that's stuff that Villanova basketball does with their head coach. You know, that's something that they do for their own broadcast. You know, that wasn't something they had to do for us though. And they did that for us. And I, I, mm -hmm. that's the one thing is the union. I was very appreciative. You could get players and you could get the coach and, and they, they helped us out as much as they could to make. And that's what made our radio broadcast good. They did help out uh, so much with that. And I want to thank, uh, obviously they're probably not going to hear, but really uh, yeah. I appreciate all the players and coaches for giving us our time like that. Cause that made it feel, uh, yeah. that made it yeah. sound bigger and, and better. You know, it was good. Yeah, so I think that the mindset of, of talking to Jim each week, of talking to players each week, wanting to save that for Saturday or Sunday or whatever midweek date we're talking about, that's kind of where my, my like mindset was, was just to put the best damn radio show on it and forget about you know written content or podcasts and, and all that kind of stuff, stuff we've done in the past because that, did, that was our baby. It meant so much to us. So, look – there's no ill will here. We're going to keep doing what we're going to do. Um, yeah, I want to make that clear. It's no ill yeah. will. Obviously, it sucks. I would no. love to be I, – I it again, it, it's probably the, the proudest I am of some of the work I've done uh, in some of those post-game shows when they won the Eastern Conference Final, uh, when they lost the Eastern Conference Final. You know, those are uh, some memories and some mm -hmm. of the things that I am most proud of that I've ever done in my career. And I thank the union for that. And I'm, I'm so very appreciative of – everything that was for two or three years. And it just, it sucks it's gone, but yeah, no ill will at all. 
None of that. No, look, look, the, the, the people they, they have, and this is, they're, they're in-house. They're not fanatics people. They're the union hired broadcasters um, are going to do a fantastic job. Look, I, I would love if they did a pregame and postgame shit like we did. I doubt they will, but um, my opinion is, is biased and kind of doesn't matter because I'm going to like compare it to what we did. So I'll let you guys out there compare it. Um, I'm sure I'll get tweets about it uh, during the first few weeks of the season. Um, it'll be different than what we do no matter what. But, yeah, um, please listen. Uh, if I know a lot of people want a local option. I know some people are upset that Cangelosi is calling the game with Danny uh, on Apple TV. I think Cangelosi is a very At good- least he got Danny. I mean, I was happy about yeah. that. Like, thank God. At least we, there is some I mean, familiarity. But, but, but here's the thing. I'll be in stadium or away games I'm most likely watching through the Apple TV kind of exploring through that because I don't have that for half the games that, that I'll be in stadium and maybe even less you know, than half. I'm, I'm of one that loves um, regional broadcasts and with uh, MLB.TV, one of my favorite things is to listen to different TV broadcasts and even yeah. li- listen to different radio broadcasts. I can't wait for that feature because I know the union are doing it too. I think the home games are going to have the home feed. I can't wait to listen. I'm going to probably opt out, opt in, and I wonder if you're going to do this too. Opt in for home radio feeds, even for away games, even if the union are away game. I, I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I love those kind of broadcasts, and that's the one thing we. I know we've said some things about Apple TV, and like somewhat skeptical. It's obviously good thing overall, uh, but that's one feature I am very, very excited about. Yeah, look, everything, and I guess we'll kind of move on from from that because you guys don't want to listen to us ramble on no, about Last thing I'll say is I have about, a yeah. huge radio crush on Dave Leno. Dave Leno, I think, is one of, <laughs> one of the best radio play-by, play guys in this city, um, and I thought he was excellent for us. Uh, I, I, JP Delacamera is amazing. I always thought Dave was better, and I know a lot of people may not agree, or even Dave would get really uncomfortable hearing that, but I think Dave is so good at this. I'm so happy he's now essentially the voice of the Philadelphia Union, and he is going to absolutely crush it. He's so good at what he does, and uh, Union are in very good hands with Dave. Yeah, Basically c- narrating us, the games, the storyteller of the games, and he's one of the best at it. Consider us the the first few members of the, the Dave Leno fan club, yes, for sure. I am president of that fan club. <laughs> um, so, look, um, it's week one. We're here. You guys have heard us uh, complain about Apple, complain about preseason streams. You guys know you guys same. tired of that yet? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm tired. Of, we, the thing is, the union, and this is what we're going to get into. The union, there's no drama here. There's yeah, they got depth. No, and... Everybody's everybody's healthy. Yeah. Like we know we know who the, the starting eleven is. Like if if somebody wants to make the argument of like who should start over Leon Flock, I think that's the only like argument someone can make with the eleven going into week one um with with champions and and that on the horizon and that's like that's it like we know what this team is it it, essentially what we're what we're looking for here is what can you do to top 2022 and there'll be more on the sub stack about that uh later in the week i talked to michael and and jacob glasses about that yesterday and um it was really interesting to kind of what's the mindset like you just had an an all-time successful season but you fell short in MLS Cup. Now everybody's picking you to finish first or second in the East. And the continuity is there. A lot of people Who's are picking him to Michael. finish second. I saw a few. MLS had him either first or second. I would like um, to have a word with those people. 
<laughs> I think that I think you just try to be different at that point, right? But like yeah, to me, exactly, like, right? So I guess this runs into the because it's too preview. easy. Is it that thing? It's just too easy to pick the union because they're they're bringing back the Might entire be, yeah. starting eleven. They got the only thing about the union last year, and I remember you pointed out every single time we talked about it. It's depth. Do they have depth? And this year, obviously, we don't know. I think which players are going to end up being that really strong depth, but there are so many that they're going to have a few, and mm-hmm. no matter what, they're going to be very strong. So yeah, it's that's just being contrarian just just because it's easy to pick the union. I think the thing is also are there too many games yeah but that yeah. but you also counter that with look at the depth they've added and it's probably the deepest easily the deepest midfield they've ever had um i can make an argument for deepest set of center backs as well like um th- they knew what they had to do and they did it um so i guess that kind of just runs into i mean what what the heck else is there in the east because that's what we're looking at here, if you, if you don't think the union are winning the East. Right. The question is who, who else? Or if you think they're going to win, but you don't know who their contenders are going to be. And look, every outlet out there has gone in depth on who's, who's got a new left back and who's got a new number three. We're not going to do that. We're, We're not because that would just be repetitive content. What I will say with this is just looking at the league as a whole, just, just my personal opinion of, of the East. I mean, just kind of going glance by glance here uh, with clubs. And I'm just doing it based off of who's listed one through whatever on, whatever on the, the MLS website. Atlanta could be very interesting, but question marks because, you know, they brought in a new Greek striker. Uh, Joseph Martinez leaves. Barco's always had question marks, but can he get it in? Uh, can he get the, the the right attitude in there? Can he get the form that he needs for Atlanta? Um, and because they're such a big club, does Gonzalo Pineda get sacked if they have any inch of failure in May and June? They're that big of a club. They treat themselves that way that who knows? Um, Montreal, Fernando Zada failed upwards. He didn't do well at, at DC United. Wilfred Nancy leaves for Columbus. Cool. Uh, the midfield <laughs> solid. Cool. But like, but like, if I look up in, and I wrote this in the reasons why you should care about MLS teams, and that was kind of more of me joking around, but in all series, it's like, Ramo Kyoto, if he's healthy, he's going to score 10 goals. He always has in MLS. But that's, that's about it. Do you see them contending with the Union? No. Charlotte, Chicago, D.C., let's lump them all together. Meh in terms of like from the union perspective, sure. They could be interesting, but like, I don't know, is Christian Benteke in his mid thirties, the right way to go for DC? Probably not. Um, Columbus, Cincinnati, Miami will all be good. Um, Phil Neville might not have any media members left to cover his team by the end of the season, but <laughs> they'll be good. Um, Cincinnati is union light. Uh, they will be good. Columbus, look, we'll, we'll see them week one. I think it's a good thing you see them week one. We'll get to like that match in, in a second. But Kucho, it was phenomenal coming over from Watford and midseason signings like that don't usually have that much success. We know Zilla Rayon's a proven star in this league and Wilfred Nancy was fantastic with Montreal. It's a great hire at head coach. They'll be in the mix since he'll be in the mix. Miami, it says anything about Nashville, they're back in the East again. 
Um, we all know how dangerous Hani Mukhtar is. You know, Walker Zimmerman in the back. They're going to be good, uh, but can they be elite? New England, I think they're kind of mediocre, to be honest. Um, I was kind of looking – I was down at training yesterday. just looking – me and Matthew George were kind of looking at rosters while we were um, waiting on players. And there's a bunch of, like, average-ness in the Rebs roster. NYC, a lot of turnover. They're going to fall off a cliff at least to start the season. They got to stabilize things. Red Bulls, very intriguing. But they've been very intriguing for the last two to three years. Orlando signed a bunch of guys. How does it fit? <laughs> and then t- <laughs> and then Toronto, look, the whole Lorenzo Insigne, Bernardeschi experiment worked in terms of scoring goals, but you still need to play defense in MLS. And that's what Toronto did not do towards the end of last season. They were winning 4-3, 5-4 type games. And that's about it. So there's Sean Johnson in goal help. Does Bob Bradley with another year and a fresher roster remedy that? I don't know. So if you like, if just going through that, that group of teams, how many sound threatening to you? Maybe three or four, if that. And I think that might be a generous amount. So when you look at the Describe Eastern threatening Conference, in this sense. Could finish in the top four. I would say on the radar um, for the union. Like, hey, we're we we're gonna pay attention to these guys. Like, I would I would if I had to rank them, it'd probably be Nashville, Columbus, Cincinnati. Um, I think New England's kind of just average. NYC takes a step back, and and there's just so many unknowns. And look, especially with MLS season previews, mean they mean nothing. They absolutely mean nothing because you saw last year the crusade that, that Austin FC went on with, hey, you picked us to finish 13th in the West. Well, no one expected you to be second and for Dreyusi to score this many goals. So, yeah, like people get predictions wrong all the time. just depends on how salty these teams get with it. But in terms of the East, I think it's wide open. And, look, if you want to be contrarian and say – the union only have room for regression. Sure. I, I can accept your argument because of how historically I actually think it can get uh, better. Strong. They might. It's hard to get better though. It like, is, so it, like, it is like it's it's hard for their defense to get any better than it has. And I know their scoring was really good and Gazdag could be due for regression, but I think we can only get a stronger year from Carranza and a maybe you know, MVP type year from uh, Mikel Ua. You know, I just, I think there is, while, yes, there is room for aggression. Obviously, there always is with the team that played that well. But I feel like in in some key areas, they still have a lot of room to grow. And I think those players can get better. Yeah, it's going to be... Especially Ua. Ua was the one that I, I think can really open things up for the Union. Like, why, Every, like blow this thing yeah. wide open in a way Gazdag, I, I think, did last year in a, in a sense, but even more with, with Ua. Everyone has bold, underlined, circled, uh, you know, every, every little highlight you can make possible on Mikhail Ua this season. And the reason why we're doing it is because Daniel Gazdag had such a phenomenal season after coming over – mid-year now it is different we outlined that last time where who was here he was just dealing with visa issues and then got hurt so 
he was here longer than Gostek. He clearly got better the longer he played. Like, the the more he was out there, he was getting very, very good. Correct. So I think that's where people see the – I think that the comparisons to Gostek, I see them, but I'm not willing to make them directly because they are – very different in what was here. Yeah, look, it's not going to be as big of a jump because I think Gazdag he no. got he got more comfortable with the MLS game by the end of it, and I think he was a really big part of their run a couple of years ago. I thought he was playing very good, but it just wasn't it wasn't wasn't quite there that he was finishing things and that he was seeing mm-hmm. things very clearly all the time. And I think last year was finally he was just seeing everything go through. Um, well, so Gazdag it's, it's going to be different. I think in that sense. Gazdag also went through what fifty some games in that eighteen month span, yep. and he was in the middle of a relegation battle at Honda yep. when he came over. So, like this guy was a lot of physically, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, physically mentally exhausted by October twenty twenty one. Whereas Ua, he had off with with, with Brundy and because of the, the way the Scandinavian seasons work. So, like it, uh, to me, they're different. I see your similarities that everybody wants to make the comparison, but they are two totally different situations. Now, when it comes to biggest concerns with the club, um, what happened, you know, who is, who is Corey Burke this year? That's essentially what you have to ask yourself at, at striker. Cause Corey Burke found his, his niche with the union. He was this solid number three guy. He scored off the bench. He was a menace <laughs> and did, ex- he did exactly what he was he was stronger than you, and he made you know that. <laughs> <laughs> but who's that guy this year? Is it is it Quinn Sullivan, who they've been using as a, a third striker up top? Uh, Chris Donovan is there. You signed Nelson Pierre to this homegrown contract. Um, Joaquin Torres has been mentioned in that regard as well, although I think at least at the start of the season, you'll see Joaquin Torres more in the um, – central attacking midfield role as a 10 because of how champions league is going to require rotation and Sullivan's not a 10. He's being used as a, as an out and out striker right now. Um, and we've seen his finishing ability with the U twenties. So I think that's what we're going to see at least, at least early on, you'll see all sorts of variations uh, of these lineups uh, as the season goes on. But at least from, from what I'm, from I'm envisioning Sullivan plays up top. You mix some rotation in like they've done in the past with Ua Karanza Gazdag and then, and figure it out from there. So, yeah, I think it's uh, look the depth is there. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could play with a totally different midfield um, in champions league. And then um, in MLS, like you could go in Champions League, and we'll see it start this week with Martinez, Flock, Bedoya, and Gazdag. You could see Bueno with Odada, McGlynn, Perea kind of interchange those two or three, and Torres. Or if one of those wants to play as a as a little bit more of a defensive line of ten, you use Torres up top of Sullivan, like. It's options you didn't have last year. So I think that's the difference between the two, but uh, we'll see how this this tactical flexibility actually shows itself uh, in the regular season and in the coming weeks when when Champions League does get mixed in. Yeah, and in the midfield there, the one, obviously there's some names um, like Bueno that we want to see and obviously get on the field and see 
kind of the things that they can do. But we've seen McGlynn. Uh, he took a pretty big step last year and was a very, very key contributor for them in the midfield. What is what does that next step look like? I think that's the part I'm I'm interested in because look, we've gone through this with some some of the other union homegrowns and some of their other younger players uh, coming up. You know what's the, what's the next step look like? And I know we talked about a lot about Paxton Aronson and of course McGlynn and Sullivan last year. Sullivan was the one who felt like he took that jump was seeing some playing time like there was an opportunity there for him to play and he was making the most of it what now is that next step for McGlynn this season because I imagine it's just I don't know how much better it's get but it's got to get better right like it's certainly I think this guy is progressing into a player that's going to be potentially uh, named for a lot of transfers over in Europe potentially he's got a hell of a left foot for starters um there's no doubt about that. Um, it is going to be interesting as the season progresses. If if this if the diamond is the at least the, the base formation, does he outweigh Leon Flock because of his his offensive efforts? Um, and how does he react to competition? Because you have, you know, Buenos had a fantastic season by the coaching staff's accounts. Uh, Perea isn't as a starter in MLS it has been. And Odata is a kind of a, a physical presence that uh, McGlynn isn't. So it, it's going to be very interesting where he, he plugs into kind of this pecking order. I still think he's probably one of the first guys off the bench because he's trustworthy and, and known quantity at this point. You don't know what the others are going to bring in this system yet. And I think um, if you're looking for results immediately, that's where you go. Um and Sullivan's going to be a fascinating case because if he makes this third striker role his own, you don't have to go out in the summer and, and look for somebody new, or you don't have to rush Nelson Pierre uh, into first team minutes. You can let him continue to grow as a striker and continue to, to reach that level. And you know, who knows what happens in the summer, you know, Jose Riasco has been training with the first team. He's tall, but you got to be able to have the, the, the work ethic in the system that the union play has to match the talent of, of scoring. So I think that's what you're looking for in him. Um, David Vasquez with U 17s is lighting things up. But I think, you know, we're not, we're not talking about them contributing this year, but in terms of maybe locking them up to homegrown deals uh, or first team deals, that's what you're looking at if things don't play out up top. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fascinating to see how everything just molds together because uh, we the depth has been bragged about on a constant basis now, and that's going to be shown. It's going to have to, uh, and it's something that's going to be it's going to be tested a lot this season that depth mm-hmm. and who's going to step up it's just it is very promising though to still have these young players that can make big jumps and uh, like you just said McGlynn's going to have to try and find his way and it's a definitely a more crowded midfield than it has been in the past and because of that yeah you're going to have to find combinations who works where and with whom do they work well with uh, but I, I think McGlynn certainly that was a big step last year and I imagine he's going to see another big step this year. All right, let's get uh, the final thoughts here as we go over what we think about the season and 
It's match week. So we got to start getting into the match very soon. But, Joe, I got uh, some rapid-fire questions. You just, like, give me a name, quick uh, quick synopsis of why you like him uh, for this. But I'll start off with number one, because I actually think it's pretty interesting this year. Who is going to lead the Philadelphia Union in goals? Carranza. Oh, I wasn't even thinking Carranza at all. Okay. Why do you say Carranza? I think everybody's so focused on Ua. Um, Gosdag's coming off the MVP caliber season. Uh is a pretty talented striker as well. Um, so yeah, I'll just I'll take the contrarian opinion and, and take Carranza. Player you're most looking forward to seeing in action, whether it's somebody off the bench or uh, a player maybe improving. Just who are you excited to see for the union this season? Or interested, I think that's a better way of putting it. I'm excited to see the right backs, Olivier Baizo and Nathan Harriel. Because I think that's a, a part of the team we kind of take for granted uh, because they've been so so strong on that side. Um, Harriel came in very seamlessly at the start of last year when Baizo uh, struggled. But Baizo you know, turned, that, turned that around, uh, took that motivation properly. So I think um, I'm excited to see both of them kind of grow. I know I'm going with contrarian kind of takes here, but that's it's a part of the field we have not talked about this preseason I think that's going to be very important for the defense to continue that high level but also to be able to have that um, tactical flexibility because they could both play at the left they could they could play on the right um, in in any type of formation does the union player win defender of the year award again no what award? I think that's a yeah go ahead I, I think that's a word fatigue that seems <laughs> They can win it every year type of thing. <laughs> I mean, they had two union players at the top. It's it's nuts. All right, so I, I will. Any awards predictions? Uh, what awards should union players, or you think union players will be on the radar of and candidates for? Goalkeeper of the year. I think Andre Blake will obviously be in the mix there. But again, do you have voter fatigue? Um, and last year set a high bar. Um I'll throw Carranza in the mix for MVP just because I said he'd be the leading goal scorer. And if you're the top goal scorer on one of the top teams, you, you will be noticed. But you have to realize the the pool for these awards now has gotten so large. So it's it's so difficult, in especially in preseason, to unless you, you know, unless you're a, at least unless you can see into the future. You really don't know. I mean, who could have expected last year from the union at that remarkably high of a level? So, yeah, I'm I'm going to say Carranza. Right. I don't think there would have been many that said Gazdag as the as no. an MVP candidate. <laughs> I, I really don't think you would have heard anyone say that. No, I don't think so. Carranza, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting a lot of Ua in terms of uh, MVP talk and – a war talk, but Carranza, I'm excited about that. I don't, I don't think this is the right term, but I think we've forgotten a little bit about. Yeah, Carranza. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I, I, so. I think we, we uh, union, union fans, union media, we're all so centered on on Michael Ua having this breakout campaign. I where, know, and Jim Curtin was the voice of it. He was telling everyone Carranza yeah. is going to be good. <laughs> He's like, trust me, this guy's amazing. <laughs> and guess what? He was Carranza, amazing. Carranza is going to be very good. And, and look, Ua and Gazdag are your long-term solutions. Carranza is your path to making a, a crap ton of money. Yes, he is. I, yeah. 
Money for the union. How about that? More money even coming in. All right, let's get to it is match week. Philadelphia hosting Columbus Crew. Um, it's kind of weird to to preview a match like this like with the union especially because we could get to the, the crew side, but with the union in this game, I guess I can ask what matchups are you looking forward to here against Columbus? Because it's not, what do you think Curtin's going to do with the lineup? Who's going to start? <laughs> we already know. <laughs> but Yeah, um, we'll get – We'll get more into starting eleven debates when the season you know, gets right. To the the starting eleven right when they're starting to do you know other things outside of just MLS play and the more yeah. games start and multiple games in a week. You know that's when those conversations get really good and exciting. Actually, have to see how those rotations work. But right now, it is the most boring one. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, look, the the easiest matchups to to break down are Cucho Hernandez at striker. Lucas Zillarayan at the 10 and Darlington Nagby in central midfield. Uh, the union have, have played Zillarayan and Nagby plenty of times. And Jim Curtin will say the same thing about Nagby that he will about Hector Herrera or Victor Wanyama or, you know, any of these, these central midfielders that uh, are very strong in the ball is you want them to play sideways. If, as long as they play, sideways and not forward um and you you contain their impact because nagby can can pass the ball around the park all day long but what he does with those passes um means a little more than how many passes he's completing and i think he was number one in in that stat last year gucci hernandez is, is a phenomenal striker he's going to score a lot of goals um and i think his impact isn't affected as much on Wilfred Nancy's tactics in week one, because a player of that skill can find the back of the net pretty easily. Um, so that's, that's the matchup that Glasnus and, and Elliot have to win. Um, and if you win that, uh, you win the game. Uh, and it's also worth noting Columbus's starting goalkeeper, Ella Groom is not available for selection. He is going through the green card process in the Netherlands, I believe. That's the report I read uh, earlier today. So that's a significant drop-off. He was one of the best goalkeepers a few gold, cup, gold cups ago for Curacao. That's why he got the move to Columbus. And it's a step down uh, to whoever their backup is. So, yeah, that's the one significant matchup that uh, you know, goalkeepers don't go head-to-head, but that's where the, the edge is. Uh, for the union, if you, you take advantage of a, a goalkeeper's weakness, uh, it, it can play into your advantage. Yeah, and the union played pretty much well all year last year. They did get off to a pretty good start. Is How much of an advantage is it going to be that it's their entire starting 11, um, especially early on the first few games of the season? I imagine that's got to be a big advantage. And, look, we're seeing their odds union are minus 143 uh, for full-time crew are plus 375 we know the the union last year were amazing at home and we're going to have mm-hmm. a full separate uh betting show for you uh but just to get some of the betting odds in here the union are a huge favorite here and i imagine just the fact that they have sort of that already togetherness they know what they are together um they've been together for a little bit now especially at the top uh, we have Carranza, Uwa, and Gazdag. we really didn't know what those guys were going to be mm-hmm. like together now we know how great it is that's got to be a huge advantage to start the season off. 
there are way more knowns than unknowns with the union yeah. this year. And I think that helps them get off to a stronger start than, than other uh, teams get off to. So I think that, I think if you're banking on three points on Saturday, I think that's the, the right mindset to have. I think it is. What if there's a draw? <laughs> what if they drop want... points at home? <laughs> I don't want what is, any what of your... is, what is the, I, this is going to be my, my prediction to ask you every time. What will be the, uh, the fan base reaction to a draw if that were to happen? I'll, I'll, I'll speak this into existence. Um, I don't want any of your fake outrage in, in week one, <laughs> game one of a almost, I don't know, 11 billion games with the playoff format. Um, which, by the way, we didn't get into that. I'm sure every one of your notable. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I even forgot. I know you wanted to have. talk about that, but yeah, I do. do we here's, here's, here's all I'll say with this. If you're going to go into this format, the quarterfinal best of three should be all three games played at the higher seed stadium. Because you want you give an advantage to to the higher seed some way, because the higher seed needs to have some type of tangible advantage in these scenarios. Um, Not this, you know, home away home. I don't want to. No, not any of this travel nonsense. Like, make it easier for these top teams to advance to these one leg conference semifinals and conference finals. Like that's to me. If you're gonna do this. That's the one thing I would change. Um, and I'll be honest, it's kind of loser mentality to see some of these coaches and GMs being like, hey, well, it's great. Now we're almost guaranteed of a, a home playoff game. No, like that just to me, that speaks of, hey, you want to finish in fifth place? You, know, you want to finish anywhere between fifth and ninth and you get a home game? No. Like if, like if Jim Curtin said that, I'd have the same reaction. Like you don't want to be aiming for fifth place as your goal. Every team should be aiming for first place. Now, whether that's a, a, attainable or not, it, that's another discussion to have. But like, to me, it's loser mentality. For I, I, can't I know it's like anybody he's, said that. <laughs> like I, I think I think Cincinnati's GM said it. I think Adrian Heath was the head coach. I saw quoted on it like. No, like that to me, that to me, that's total loser talk. If you're saying, Oh, well, if we get the five seed, we get a home playoff game, and that's awesome for our fans. I'm sure it's awesome for your fans, but guess what? You know what else would also be awesome for your fans? You finish in the top four, got two guaranteed home games if you end up playing a best of three, and end up having a chance to host, you know, even more rounds. I think if MLS is going to do this and supply Apple with all this TV inventory, incentivize that round of three, make the home teams the higher seeds and look anything can happen in mls because look i can tell you exactly how these things are going to go the the mat, match one is going to be the lower seed the away team employing the rsl on the road strategy that they've done in the playoffs before where they're just going to hold for zero zero it, it's not going to be exciting soccer because then they know they can go back home create an advantage and then put all the pressure on the top seed to win at home. That's how a majority of these series are going to go. We can fast forward into October, November, and this is how it's going to go. No one's going to be playing all out. It's not going to happen, especially if you know what's ahead. But if you if you knew you had to play three away games, if you're the five through eight or nine seed, depending on who gets in that wild card game, 
then there's a lot more incentive on game one. There's incentive on the home team to actually win that game and not let the away team in. It's incentive for the away team to avoid just being crushed. And if you finish top four, you don't have to go anywhere for a few weeks. Like to me, that would be the only thing I change. Um, look, we can, we're kind of just going well, to have one thing. I, I would just, I don't like the best of three in general. I think you're right. And that would be, I think the best way possible to do a best of three. I still don't like it. And I know I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of the best of three. I'd rather yep. just straight knockouts. But if, if you're going to do that, incentivize the, the top four. Cause the straight least, knockout thing, yeah. man, that, that raises the stakes, and I know that's a, that's definitely an American thing. It's not really uh, too much of a soccer thing, I guess. But to me, that's just – I think it, it raises the stakes in the MLS playoffs, and it is a lot of fun, man. It, it also, is really it good. Also, it also this, – this whole best of three with the lower seed getting a home game. Yeah, I don't like that. It, I just it, don't like it. It takes value away from the regular season. I so I I saw the playoff format. I just said you're doing too much. Like that's the first thought that came to my mind. He's like, we're doing way yeah. too much here. Like I, mm-hmm. I I feel like they see other leagues, especially the NBA. You know, trying these playing games, all that. It's just you you didn't have to. Well, do this, this was much. this was. It sounds like this was solely to meet Apple's like inventory. Right. Um, oh, for which, sure. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, you know that's it is what it is. Look, I'm sure MLS they know how to promote the product. They do. Um, they'll find a way to make this exciting and. I'm sure some of those eight series will be exciting, but to me, I think a little more drama comes in uh, if the if the home team hosts all three games because then all the pressure is on the top four, and you can really embrace underdog roles and not play for a zero zero draw, and then come back home and and see if you can go guns blazing there i think that's i think we're set up for eight really really boring matches of soccer (laughs) in game one all right so the last thing i do want to mention here is we're going to wrap things up for the uh the union soccer podcast uh the union this weekend saturday playing a game but then march it it ramps up joe very quickly um the amount of games they're going to be playing so what does that mean in terms of this game in particular on Saturday? Are they going to try and involve more players? Just what is this going, this ramp up process, I guess, in the opening game of the season? What does that look like as Jim Curtin is looking ahead and going, okay, they got a week from their first game to their next game. But then once that happens, it is just game after game after game. Once they get in the March, it is a very, very long month. Um, so what does Curtin do, if anything, to try and make sure, hey, we're ready for the month that's coming ahead? Do you want Jim Cur- Jim Curtin's response or the fans' response? <laughs> Jim Curtin's response first. Jim, <laughs> the Jim, logical Jim, response. <laughs> Jim Curtin's response is game by game. They're not even thinking about Miami next week. They're not thinking about Champions League in a week and a half. They're not. They're focused on getting they'll three points They'll think about that when home. they're going from Saturday to a Tuesday in a, a short Correct. rest. That's when they'll think and, about it. Okay. And also, that's the way they always have. Um, so that's not too surprising. Don't underestimate the fact that they're playing in Miami before they go away in Champions League. That's very, very important. The league did them a huge favor. Just why throw that, that out there like that. Why, that's, why is that? Because well, they get to hang out in Miami. Well, no, in terms of just like <laughs> travel time. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, I'm no. You know, air expert here, but 
flying from Miami to El Salvador <laughs> is a is a lot better on the body than now we're getting flying, to plane to, flying in plane times. I love this flying from Philadelphia to San Salvador. I'm, I'm like I'm not I'm not an idiot, but I'm also not uh, you know a rocket scientist. But I can tell you that uh, the league did the union uh, a solid there. I like it. All right. Uh, any final thoughts as we wrap up the season preview and of course match week preview? Uh, as the Union are in action against Columbus. Any final thoughts here, Joe? I guess prediction, if you want to give that, score prediction, whatever you want to do. Yeah, I think the Union will win. Um, wow, going out also, on a limb there, Joe. Yeah, right. Um, we're doing our, our betting podcast on the side. That way, those of you who just want straight soccer talk, we'll do so, straight soccer talk and, and then straight betting talk as well. We'll do that for like 20 minutes in, in the same podcast feed. Um, subscribe to Substack. Uh, plenty of stuff coming this week on that. Um, we have an RSS feed set up for the podcast. I will tweet the link out for that. That way, uh, I know a few people have been asking about that. Um, five to six on Friday on Fox Sports The Gambler. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Um, trying to think what else. Do we have anything else to promo other than the iHeartRadio app, which is worldwide? You can stream us everywhere, everywhere. No matter where you are, let's live in let's live in 2023, people. For the love of God, um, I think that's it. I think we've covered all our bases on what we need to promote. Beautiful. Can't wait for the season to get started. Can't wait to be talking some actual games. The union season is here. It's going to be a long one. And make sure to stay with us all throughout the season. Uh, we are going to be your number one source for union coverage, audio, the union soccer. Uh, pod and then also the union soccer blog Substack that joe is going to be running and writing as well and giving picks and talking union uh so stay tuned for everything here that is it for the union soccer podcast joe tanzi you can follow at jtanzi90 myself you can follow at jjansen at 34 let's watch some union soccer this weekend and be sure to stay tuned right here to the union soccer podcast